just imagine. The mightiest heroes of our time. Superman. Batman. Flash. Green Lantern. Wonder Woman. Hot Girl. John Jones, Manhunter from Mars. Have banded together as the Justice League to stamp out the forces of evil wherever and whenever they appear. The Fire and Water Podcast Network proudly presents... JLU Cast. Welcome to the JLU cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the animated adventures of the Justice League in their eventual evolution into Justice League Unlimited. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and it's hard to believe, but we have made it through the first version of the show, and now we stand at the precipice of Justice League Unlimited. But before we move on to JLU coverage, we have a few stops to make along the way. And what better time to take a moment to look back like we did after the end of Season 1. So today we'll be sharing our overall thoughts on Season 2 and the series as a whole. Okay, so we're going to, as we said, do our rankings. And like last time, we are going to, we don't want to be overly negative, but we are going to list like our least favorite episode. We're not going to do a whole lot of least or worst because honestly in this season there was not a lot of worst anything. But what was your least favorite episode this season? My least favorite episode would have to be Eclipsed, you know, with Mo Fear. Mo Fear, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could, that one was toward the bottom of, uh, of my list as well. So for my least favorite, I actually had, that was the next one closest to the bottom. But my, for my bottom one, I had Maid of Honor. Okay. Um, I, I know you like that one because it was a Wonder Woman episode. Right. I mean, honestly, that's what, say, it would have been, you know, but that's why. But, you know? I mean, really, there's no, and the only reason I didn't like it is because I remembered not liking it the first time, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't dislike it this time. But it still was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of the lesser of the episodes. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I completely get that. And, I mean, again, like I said, the only reason it rises above a little bit is because it is a Wonder Woman-centered episode. Right, right, right. So... Uh, but they're like, like like we said, there's no real bad episodes. No, uh, there's not. So, what was your favorite episode this season? Comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Okay. Because I mean, it's really a slice of life. You get to get that peek behind the curtain, you know. Look. So you know, of course, you've got Green Lantern and a hot girl, and then you have Jean visiting with Superman. You get to see um, Clark being a little kid. You know, they you know, and I mean, that's so cute. It reminds me of you at Christmas time. No, oh, brother. What? You're so adorable. And, and of course, your favorite is in this episode. With ultra humanoids. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> we teach our children, you know, this is, they're, they're young, they're innocent. I'll help them, you know. And he, he donates to PBS. And I mean, come on. <laughs> He's just a little evil. He's just a little evil. He's very cultured. Yeah. Yes. Evil but cultured, so yeah. So, so uh, see, it's like you know, I have the furry you, and then I have the kid you, and it's in the same episode. Oh, oh I gotcha. Okay. I love you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm flattered to be considered like Clark Kent, not so much the uh, mutated albino ape with a human brain in it, but but it's because you're really smart. No, oh, well, okay, you say so. I wanted to say thanks. You really helped me out. I did it for the children. I welcome any opportunity to bring culture to the uncorrupted. Sure, but I thought you might like some holiday cheer yourself. An aluminum Christmas tree. I know, it's kind of cheesy, but... No, no, we had one just like it when I was... It's very nice. The guard will show you out. Uh, <laughs> for, my, for my top one, um, I had to really think a lot about this. Uh, I had a hard time struggling between... A Better World and Starcross, but ultimately I had to go with Starcross just because, um, you know, it, it's just, it's such a perfect wrap-up. It's such a perfect ending, a culmination of the storylines. Mm-hmm. And it's, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's a culmination of storylines, even though there are elements from Starcross that, of course, carry over into JLU, particularly Hot Girl. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the uh, a better world with the Justice Lords like sets up a lot of storylines right. for JLU. So so uh, let's go over our overall rankings. Your number one was Comfort and Joy. What was number two? My number two was Hereafter, where the world mourns for Superman and thinks he's dead. I mean, 
And then you have the, the story arc of Vandal Savage coming through. And, you know, he has that great character growth. Granted, it took thousands of years. <laughs> However, you know, you see that and, you know, do what you do best. And you have that great iconic scene where he comes up out of the, the nest with the sun. And, I mean, it's just, oh, you know. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so that would, that would be my number two. My okay. number three would be Starcrossed. Okay. And, I mean, that that was so good. I mean, you had that culmination and everything else. And then with number four would be A Better World with the Justice Lords. Okay. Uh, number five would be Twilight okay. with Darkseid. And then we have, let's see, number six was Wild Cards with the Joker because it proves what a threat he is. I mean, mm. he's not super-powered, but he took on the Justice League, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Number seven would be um, The Terror Beyond, where the League botches the plans of Dr. Fate, Aquaman, and Solomon Grundy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, number eight would be The Secret Society, where Gorilla Grodd and his new gang of supervillains manipulate the League's emotions. Uh, let's see. Number nine was Tabla Rasa, where Lex Luthor discovers the adaptive android Amazo and manipulates him into attacking the League. Number 10 would be Hearts and Minds. The League and the Green Lantern Corps attempt to stop an interstellar cult leader named Despero from subjugating the will of the universe. Number 11 would be Maid of Honor. And again, the reason why that's a little bit higher on my list is because I am a Wonder Woman, you know, aficionado. So that pushed that up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Number 12 would be Only a Dream, Small Time Con Man. Uh, John D. gains the ability to control other dreams, including the League. And then 13, of course, was Eclipse. Okay. With Mulfear. Mulfear. Uh, yeah. My list isn't a lot different, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I found that like after the first like top four or five, all of them were just within a hair of each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I had to pick out, okay, like which one had my best character moment and go from there. Five or six through like... 10 and 11 mm-hmm. were like literally just, I could have, I could have any, on, a, on another day I would have picked a different order. Exactly. I mean, they, there was a real, there was a real consistency in this season. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, so, so my list was of course, number one, Starcross. It was right neck and neck with a better world. So a better world was number two. It gave us the Justice Lords and, and, you know, such a great um, mirror universe episode, probably the second best mirror universe episode ever after Mirror Mirror. Right. Uh, the okay. original um, Mirror yeah. episode, the Universe episode on Star Trek. Twilight was number three because that was just a, a great season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, written again by our friend Rich Vogel. But uh, such a great season opener and that epic Superman Dark Side fight, just wonderful. And a lot of uh, payoff from what happened in Superman Animated Series. Well, again, like I said, my top five, they were very interchangeable yeah. depending on my mood of a given day. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I had Hereafter at number four. Uh, I love I love that one. I mean, they took the death of Superman and went in a totally different direction mm-hmm. and mixed in Superman under the red sun. But then the whole Vandal Savage thing just gave it so much more depth. Yeah. Number five, I had the Terror Beyond, the uh, Stealth Defenders episode. Yeah. <laughs> but also a great uh, character development episode for Hot Girl. Speaking of character development, uh, Comfort and Joy was my number six. So uh, it's just a you know just such a fun, wonderful episode, and that was actually written by Paul Dini, mm-hmm. who uh, you know of course important to the DCAU, but didn't do a whole lot for Justice League. Number seven, I had Wild Cards. Speaking of Paul Dini, he didn't write that one, but it does feature the Joker, who is very adept at writing, and that was um, you know that set stuff up for the first epilogue of uh, the first end of of JLU mm-hmm. um, so that was a that was a great one plus the uh, the stunt casting of the Teen Titans right. actors uh, number eight I really liked only a dream I, I remembered I, I don't rem- didn't remember liking it as well you know but I really this it's one of those ones that stood out a little bit more than I remembered mm-hmm. uh, with dr. destiny and he was just really creepy. Uh, in that, so I really like that one. Nine Tabula Raza, Amazo. Oh, so we had the same number nine. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Amazo was, uh, you know, he ends up being fairly important. Uh, comes back, uh, and in fact, the new Justice League Infinity comic that just came out based on Justice League Unlimited. I picked it up, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, it's all about Amazo coming back again. Oh. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so you know that this sets up stuff for the future, and it's just a really good episode. Uh, number ten, I had Secret Society and. 
I didn't like that one as well as I remembered. I I like the fact that it's more of a traditional superhero team versus supervillain team episode. But how it got to where the Justice League was at each other, I didn't feel like they quite earned it. Mm-hmm. I think they were a little too... I know Grodd was pushing them, but I think that was one of those cases where we needed a little seed planting of some disgruntlement in previous episodes okay. to, to get to the level we are now. Okay. You know? And I mean, the episodes were pretty much... Uh, they were more siloed, um, you know, early on. And, you know, later, later of course, in JLU... It's much more connected each episode, but uh, but not completely. But but there's still threads that connect them, and uh, I think this I think that story could have benefited from this, you know. Uh, but it, you know, it's still fun. Uh, Hearts and Minds was number eleven. I liked it better this time than I did in the previous. You know, I remember liking it up to a point, but then they lost me when everybody turned to trees, mm-hmm. and it's still pretty metaphysical. And kind of out there, but it's a well thought out episode. It's a like a deeper, more psychological mm-hmm. episode. You know, Green Lantern dealing with his emerald impotence and and all that. <laughs> uh, number twelve, I had eclipsed, so it was near the bottom for me too. It's it's got some fun bits with Green Lantern and Flash, and it's oh, yeah. fun to see the guy in the Eclipso outfit. But yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty weird that you know uh-huh. with Mo Fear and everything. And thirteen, I had Maid of Honor, and honestly. You know, now that I sit here thinking about it, well, maybe I like Maid of Honor a little bit more than Eclipse, but they're right there on top of each well, other. Well, so. I mean, same with me, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Okay, who did you have for favorite vocal performance other than Kevin Conroy? He's like in the all-star Oh, category. Maria Canals. Okay. <laughs> you know. Well, that's who I went with, too, because especially based on the strength of the Terror Beyond and Starcross, because she really had to stretch as an actor as they fleshed Hot Girl mm-hmm. out from... You know, basically an attitude with a mace, uh, you know. Right. Um, and and she nailed it. I mean, her her performances made me care more about the character even after Starcross. I couldn't, I, I mean, if, if it had been a lesser performance, I might have, you know, been like, well, I don't care what happens to her now. She's a traitor, you know, basically. But, I mean, of course, it isn't that cut and dry. But some people might see it that way. But, I, you know, she does such a fantastic job. It, it's just great. All this time. Why didn't you tell me? John, there were so many times I wanted to. But? This was a military mission. I'd sworn an oath of secrecy, and I couldn't tell anyone. Sorry, but not even you. You're a soldier. I think you'd understand. So, what else aren't you telling me? Well, actually... Uh, who was your favorite guest character? Oh, gosh. I mean, they, they had so many good ones. I mean... Probably the Kents mm. from Comfort and Joy because, you know, that you think about Superman as, you know, he's a Superman. He's not, you know, this gives you, this gives you an insight into why he has the good heart that he does. Yeah. Meeting his parents. <laughs> this little guy was crazy for Christmas. We used to wrap his presents in lead foil so he couldn't peek. You mean Santa wrapped them? Oh, of course, dear. Yeah, and Mom and Pa Kent were played by real-life couple Mike Farrell and Shelley Fabray. Uh, she was on the Donna Reed Show as a teen. Then years later, she was on Coach with Craig T. Nelson. And in between, she had a big career in the 60s in Elvis films and had several hit songs. And, of course, Mike Farrell ties into another one of our network shows since he played B.J. Honeycutt on M.A.S.H. There you go. Yeah. I picked Dr. Fate. Uh because there weren't as many new guests. I mean, he, Dr. Fate was great. You know, Orion was great in Light Ray, or the Bug on uh, Twilight. You didn't get a lot of Light Ray, but, well, Light Ray did smack Wonder Woman's bottom, but uh, the new gods were good guests, too. But, yeah, so. So, favorite guest star actor. Um, I had to go with Phil Morris, uh, who reprised his role as Vandal Savage. Uh, he was in season one's The Savage Time, of course. And he was in Maid of Honor, mm-hmm. and he was fine in that as the Bondian villain in that one. But right. what really put him over for me was his wonderfully remorseful but mad take on Vandal Savage in Hereafter. I mean, how would an immortal villain act after his plans had literally destroyed the planet that he was always trying to conquer? You know, I mean, it's, it's such a great turn yeah. that Vandal Savage is there, and he's like, you know... 
uh, lunch. You know, he's like, he wants to invite Superman over to lunch and Superman's thinking, you know, you're a villain. And then he admits that he, you know, destroyed the earth. And I mean, it's just, it's just great. I mean, he's, he's obviously gone mad. Oh yeah. He's missing the fries from his happy. Yeah. It's in a way it's kind of interesting because it reminds me of the portrayal of, uh, uh, he who, uh, remains the, the, the Kang, uh, version of Kang we saw at the end of Loki. Oh yeah, it's that yeah. kind of immortal. I'm kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs now because I'm here alone by myself at the end of time. Right, you think about it. It's yeah, a similar true. John Major's portrayal of 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 this version of who will be Kang. Right, uh, is similar to Phil Morris's take on the left behind only person left in existence, Vandal Savage. So, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, just that just now occurred to me. So, <laughs> but well, there it's, we go. it's kind of a fun connection. Yeah. I picked up your comm signal a few weeks ago. I used it to track you down. You could have just called. I'm afraid you might be holding a grudge. If you'd switched off, I might never have found you. Grudge? You tried to take over the world twice. In the long run, not so important. Take it from someone who knows. You're insane. True, but that doesn't mean I'm not good company. Say, you want to come over to my house? So who was your favorite uh, villain this season? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those cases. I would honestly think it would be the Hawk people because mm. the, the worst villains are the ones that are think, think they're doing something good. Right, right. You know? Well, in that vein, mine are the Justice Lords hmm. because, okay. uh, you know, the cliche of the evil Superman Really needs to be put to rest. And spoiler warning: I'm so glad that Superman and Lois did not dwell on that, Mm-mm. and they quickly swerved out of that after like one episode. Thank God, because I am so done with that. Even Grant Morrison, you know, has in art in interviews said it's something that's just been so overdone. Please stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So it is. It's just, and now they're making an animated movie of that Injustice game, and it's like everybody likes Injustice. That's fine, but it's like. Oh, evil Superman. It is so just... Uh, it's so last year. Yeah, it's so last decade, honestly, at this point. Uh, but this, these weren't really evil versions. They were... Again. They were a Justice League that were pushed to... They made... Superman made one choice that changed the course of a whole world. Yeah. And they the Justice League followed suit with him uh, until Batman didn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, what's really interesting. It was a great, they were, they made the heroes think, and it also, of course, sets up a lot for JLU too, yeah. because basically the existence of the Justice Lords ca- calls into question how some people treat and fear the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I mean, I completely, you know, like I said, your greatest villains are the ones that are, think they are doing for something good. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. What is this? Some old video of us? Except we never had a fight like this with Luthor. You're right. We never did. But they're having one right now. They? We're looking at another dimension. Live. It's just like ours. Almost. But their Flash is still alive. So's their Luthor. There's something else. They don't call themselves the Justice Lords. They're the Justice League. Uh, favorite league combo. As far as... Like two leaguers together or a group, like, you know, like a pairing that you like that... Oh, of course it's going to be Green Lantern and Hot Girl. Well, yeah, I know, I know. Well, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have to be because, it, you know, there's there's platonic friendships. I, mean, I know, no, 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 but I'm saying you have this military woman and this military man and how they're able to reach each other and go beyond, you know... And then that slide into all, all I, I see, see is, is a man. man. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> We've thought the same thing. I mean, but seriously, yeah. you know, all I see is a man and a woman, and me shirtless in this bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could have Anthony Mackie as Green Lantern. Oh. You and Anthony Mackie again. Well, and you're digging on John Henry Irons on Superman and Lois, too. Well, I mean, I love you dearly, but I'm not dead. I know. 
And I, so, you know, like my daddy always said, if I quit looking, start shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, obviously there's Hot Girl Green Lantern, but Green Lantern also has the buddy cop dynamic with Flash. Right. Superman and Jean bonded in the Christmas episode, right. and then we see them together in the in Star Cross. Uh, of course, Superman still has his friendly rivalry with Batman. They've definitely warmed up to each other. Yes. And then, of course, we have the burgeoning Batman-Diana right. romance as well. But you still have to give it to Green Lantern Hot Girl. Yeah. So. Power action feature. Power action feature. What what sticks out in your mind is like a kapow moment in the, the season. Honestly, when Superman comes and rescues Batman out of the watchtower where he's bringing it down into the Thanagar thing, he's like, oh, gotta be the hero, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right back at you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, this was hard for me. Uh, there's tons of great action beats in this season by every leaguer. Two mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites are also Superman. One is from Twilight, the famous heat vision through Darkseid's foot. True. And then when he punches him through the ceiling and his face just like rakes across the ceiling tiles, that's great. Uh, the only reason I wouldn't pick that is there's a better Superman Darkseid fight coming, I'm just going to say. Uh, <laughs> the famous cardboard fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my favorite is moment is hereafter when, you know, the giant bugs are, you know, knock Superman into the pit and... Savage is like, Superman! And then the next thing is, dun-dun-dun! Oh, yeah, When he rises yeah. up with the little sun. Oh, that just gets me every time. It's so quick. I wish I wish that they'd indulge themselves and just let it be, like, epic for just a, just a couple seconds longer. It just cuts away too quick. But it's so awesome. And I guess that's one reason it is, because it you want more, you know. So... Rotating chairperson. Permanent chairperson. So who is the Justice Leaguer this season? I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard That's a hard one. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you know, you've got Superman has his bits and stuff like that. And then he ups Batman, his game in this season. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> and then you have Batman. Batman has always been the drive, kind of the driver in a way. Yeah. But at the same time, he's a loner, so... He's not an official he's, member, kind of. Right, but at the same time, he's also being like, you know what, it's good to be part of a team. But then you have Flash is the heart of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you <laughs> how I went. I went with Hot Girl. Okay. Uh, not so much, obviously, as far as like... <laughs> You know, to the actual league by the bylaws and everything. Yeah, probably not the character you would pick. But she is the character that developed the most over this season. Okay. I mean, she literally, like I said, she started out just being the sassy warrior with a, you know, magic mace that could do anything. Uh, she had to deal with, with death, with grief, with Grundy. Um, and then she had to deal with, she had everything stripped away from her, both her lives. Mm-hmm. And at the end's left with nothing. I mean, she literally left with nothing but the wings on her back. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was a great, I mean, part of that comes from Maria Canal's performance. But the way they wrote and developed the character over the season uh, was just really super well done. So that's, so that's why I picked Hot Girl. Mm-hmm. So, so. Justice League Communicator. Justice League Communicator, is there a line that, that sneaks out, that speaks out to you, that jumps out to you. We already said the man and the woman thing. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> that scene in Wild Cards. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I'm torn between, again, I'm back to Superman. Uh, one is from Superman himself when he talks smack the dark side in Twilight. Any minute now, Brainiac will explode. And guess what? You're going with him. No, Dark Side. To get off this rock, you'll have to go through me. You really are a glutton for punishment. Time and again, I've beaten you, humbled you. What makes you think today's outcome will be any different? Because this time, I won't stop until you're just a greasy smear on my fist. Let's go. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's a great one. Uh, and then, like, a Vandal Savage's line to Superman after he gets the sun 
when he says, go do what you always do, what you were born to do, save the world. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's like, oh, that just gets yeah. me. I mean, there's yeah. so many, yeah. you know. I mean, there's tons of great lines. I mean, I mean, even like in Starcross, you know, when Batman Flash shoots, accidentally shoots Wayne Manor with the ship guns, you're not helping. You know, that's just... <laughs> And then there's the line in uh, in Eclipse about like, what do you need a van for? Oh, I don't even want to know. Comic connections. So comic connection nerd moment callback. Um, was there one that hop jumped out at you? Honestly, it's just you know the image of him coming up out of the. You know, with with the sun, to me that is just you know him with the sun. You right, know? right. It's kind of that. It's it. I mean, it is. It's it's semi-religious. I mean, you know, yeah. it's kind of like he rose from the. You know, I mean, it really is kind of. You know, and it's of course. And well, he's frequently depicted against the sun, showing his power. Showing you know, and that yeah. to me, that's your comic connection there. Yeah, I I went. Uh, I I don't think you can get much nerdier than the creators going. Let's do a Defenders episode, even though we don't have the rights to any Marvel characters. Uh, so they literally were like, okay, let's have Doctor Strange, the Hulk, and Namor in this episode, but we'll call them Doctor Fate, Solomon Grundy, and Aquaman. Mm. You know, uh, and, and so, I mean, I, you know, that, that was pretty, that, that was a pretty bold and out of nowhere mood, move. And a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that listened to our episode were like, mm. I didn't even catch that, you know. Uh, so it's like it's 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 kind of subtle. If you if you catch it, you, if you know it, then it's like oh, of course, right? But it's like you know, of course they didn't telegraph that because they can't. But and it goes back to that old tradition of comics, you know, them making analogs for the characters, like Marvel making the Squadron Supreme mm-hmm. and DC making the Heroes of Angor, and and then different characters like that. So it it's it's a lot of fun. Electricity is evil. The Electricity is Evil Award. Uh, you know, lots of electricity in this one. I don't think there was any, there was anything that jumped out like, oh, come on, like the sewer grate from right, the manhole cover right. from last time. That was, uh, I actually put down uh, one that would flip the script and uh, it gives us a moment when electricity is good, even though it's a deus ex machina uh implant into the story of the million watt bulb on the watchtower which cures the leaguers oh in eclipse. yeah yeah it's like all of a sudden there's just this giant light <laughs> light just bulb light holes this, lighthouse sorry this lighthouse. lighthouse on the watchtower that was never <laughs> mentioned before so but you know other than that it was kind of just standard uh although you know when Haro takes his electric axe to Shaira, yeah, that's probably the worst. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the worst. I mean, if we're gonna go for actually that it is evil, evil that that's because it just seems so just because he sadistic. You, you think he's she's getting through to him, and he just oh, and then he picks her up by her hair and throws her to the ground. It's like oh god, it's rough. So we're gonna we're not gonna go through the entire uh, series here, but we are gonna touch on a few things. Um, you know, just a few categories going back into season one, putting it in with season two and seeing what jumps out at us. So least favorite episode story. I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's got to be War World. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I hate to say that because uh, actor William Smith, character actor William Smith, who was in everything uh, and always was great in everything, even, I mean, low budget movies and stuff. He was always like, if he was in it, it's like, well, at least he's in it and he's good. He was great as Draga. It's not his fault. No, He no. was great. I loved his voice. We probably didn't say that enough, but he was a really, he did a really great job in just a really subpar episode of Justice League. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would totally agree I with hate that, to yeah. say that because he really recently passed on and I always liked that guy and he was a big, tough guy and he could come back and kick, kick my ass. So I hate to say that, <laughs> but, but he, uh, and he was actually, uh, I, I think I forgot to mention that's been so long ago, but he was in the last episode of Batman, the one where Zsa Zsa Gabor is Minerva and has the oh, salon. Yeah. He was one of her henchmen. I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. So he was like in the last episode of Batman 66. So, but yeah, it's got to be War World. Mm. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it, there's nothing from, there's nothing from this season that even comes close to being. I know. And I mean, yeah, that bad. 
So, favorite episode story for the whole series. So, of course, we've got the ones we talked about, and then you've got episodes like Legends with the Justice Guild. Oh. And the Savage Time, you know, with Vandal Savage and Sergeant Rock and the Blackhawks and Steve Trevor and, and you know, got Starcrossed and A Better World and, you know, so, uh, oh. <laughs> and Comfort and Joy. And so. Oh. <laughs> All of those? All of those. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, but when you think about, you know, you have, you know, the Justice Guild, and then you have, you know, Hereafter, and you have Comfort and Joy. You, I mean, those, those are those, oh my gosh, these are, yeah, I'm watching those. It's one of those cases that if you're walking by the TV and it happens to be on, doesn't matter what else you're doing, I'm going to watch that. You right, know? right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick one. Um, I, I, I mean... It it really is. I, I, I you know, I wrote one down but now I'm not sure that's even what I would say overall because it, it it's almost impossible. And I, I mean I'll, I mean and, and when you go into the greater scope of the series and don't worry about what season it's in, then that kinda even mixes things around a little bit. Exactly. And it's like I would have to say and it might be because we just come off a high because we just covered it and because we had Rich Fogel on talk about it and he wrote it but he also wrote twilight and several other episodes obviously a lot of other episodes and contributed to the story and development of the show beyond that of course like he said um starcross was just such a sat again just a satisfying ending if the show had ended there we would have always wondered well i wonder whatever happened with hot girl but you could kind of make it up in your head right right and you know that she eventually came back whatever so I, I would probably say it is Starcross. I mean, they pulled that. They did a huge, big story, huge, grandiose scale story, and a very personal story as well. And they, it, it there's not a, there's not a wasted minute. There's not an inch of fat on that, and it's, it's just almost flawless. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would say Starcross. That's that's what I would pick that. I mean, because Legends is wonderful, and I have a I have an even more an even greater love for that episode because we talked about it with Zoom. Yeah, and um, so that made me love it that much more. Exactly. But it does still have that a little bit of that season one stiffness to it. Mm. There's just that little. We're not quite sure what this show is yet, you know, feeling to it still. So. That yeah, I'm I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna say Starcrossed. I don't know. So okay, okay. I mean, like I said, I just <laughs> you just can't pick. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I mean, though. And when I think about you know the Justice League, those are the ones that stick out to me. Yeah, you know, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so favorite villain of the whole the whole thing is there is there a villain that like that jumps out at you that's like your favorite. Like the one I love to hate or the one I like to like? Whichever one. Whatever. Ultra Humanite! <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I wish they'd make a big stuffed Ultra Humanite so I could, like, you know, give it to you. Somebody need to get Danny to, like, crochet you an Ultra Humanite <laughs> or something. What? <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's a bad guy, but he's got, I mean, he's got this heart that, you know... He's, you know, he's super intelligent. He's super intelligent. He loves kids. Yeah. You know, he he contributes to PBS. I mean, come on. He fixed DJ Rubber Ducky. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll like Flash said, I miss the farty noises. <laughs> poopy noises, I think. I miss the poopy noises. <laughs> I like the Ultra Hip Night. You know, it was hard for me because <laughs> I really think they did one of the best versions of Dark Side on this in the animated series and especially the here when he shows up and then when he shows up later. Um fantastic job with Dark Side. Um but man, those Justice Lords, they really get you thinking, you know, and, yeah. and they're just they're just great villains. I mean they just they they're and they're not even evil. Uh so yeah, I'd I'd you know 
I don't know, the Justice Lords, it's like you can keep your crime syndicate. The Justice Lords is a better evil version, evil, quote unquote, alternate version of the Justice League, in my opinion. So, but Chairperson Emertus, the, the, your favorite leaguer through the whole series. Hot girl. Hot girl. Okay. <laughs> no question, huh? Nope. No question. True, you know. She is... She's your spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also one of those cases, is you know, she had such a connection. When she came to Earth, she came with the idea of, you know, she was loyal to Thanagar. But then over the course of the series, she changed. She was willing to change. She was willing to learn. And, but, and she was willing to stick to her convention convictions no matter what it cost right so to me that's to be admired yeah and i mean you know it's uh that's a very i mean it's a it's a it's a classic story of you know do you do you do you listen listen to your heart your conscience or do you just do you stick with you continue to follow what you've been told all your life just because that's what you've been told Mm -hmm. you know and I mean, of course, you know, we can apply that to many things in our daily lives that right. we encounter and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. I actually went with uh, Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Because I, 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 but I do think that the legacy of this show in general is the prominence of Jon Stewart as Green Lantern and Hawkgirl mm-hmm. over Hawkman, you know, that, that they have, there's a generation of fans of kids, teenagers, adults, you know, even people who were fans of the material before who kind of had their notion of what the Justice League is rewritten by or written by or rewritten by this show. And um, I think that, you know, Green Lantern was a character that they they showed his private life more mm-hmm. than some of the others. They showed his neighborhood. They showed people he knew. Um, they showed his you know, his Green Lantern core mates and how he interacted with them. Of course, he had the romance with Hot Girl. They, he was kind of their POV character in a lot of ways. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. More because they couldn't do it with Hot Girl because she was the spy. And right. they had that already cooking, you know. But Green Lantern was the one we got to know better than anyone. I mean, yes, we already knew Batman and Superman. So True. they didn't have to do that. Uh, but, um, you know, and he definitely became Green Lantern for, again, a whole generation of people. Mm-hmm. They don't accept how Jordan's not Green Lantern, John Stewart's Green Lantern. I mean, it even backlashed them when the movie came out. Well, um, Andrew was like, you know, I remember when um, they were casting that, he's like, why is he white? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andrew <laughs> knew who Hal Jordan was. Right, but. but what I'm saying is, you know, Andrew, I think when that came out, he was what, about 12, 13, something like that? He was about 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, he was like, why didn't they go with John Stewart? Yeah, why yeah. didn't they go with him? And you yeah, know. I mean, it's still you know, I mean, I, I you know, and I, I mean, honestly, it, you know, my he's kind of bypassed Alan Scott as my favorite because just because of this, because going through this again, I'm like, you know, I really, I just really like John Stewart's kind of like that's my guy, you know, in the Green Lantern. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I mean, I, I think overall for the series, I think it's either him or Hot Girl. Yeah. So I can, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, before we move on to feedback, that'll cover all our superlatives and rankings. I want to give a shout out to two creators on this show that I think we probably didn't mention enough their contribution to the show, and that are those are the directors that directed every episode between them. It was either one of these two guys. Uh, nobody else directed the episodes. Butch Lukic and Dan Reba, and I pronounce it Reba, which is correct according to Rich. Because, uh, Rich Vogel, because uh, he told me to pronounce it Reba, and then I still pronounce it Reba over and over. So I apologize to Dan Reba. And uh, I just wanted to give those guys a shout out. Again, they directed the entire series between them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both started out as storyboard artists on Batman the Animated Series, so they were there at the beginning of the DCAU. Uh, Reba directed a sequence of Batman Mask of the Phantasm as well as 10 episodes of uh, the animated series, uh, Batman animated series. He um, did Superman, you know, Batman Beyond, of course, New Batman Adventures. Then he, he moved on to JLU. From here, 
Then Ben 10 Alien Force and its spinoffs and is currently working on Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. So, uh, Butch Lukic first directed on the DCAU on Superman. He was a storyboard artist on the anime, Batman animated series, as I said. Uh, did Batman Beyond, New Batman Adventures then. Uh, of course, directed half of Justice League. Uh, but he actually moved on. Uh, he didn't move on to Justice League Unlimited. He went on to Ben 10 Alien Force, Beware the Batman, two of the Batman Unlimited videos that were based on the Mattel toy line, and uh, he directed the recent Adam Strange DC Showcase short. So, um, I mean, these shows, directing these shows had to be a chore. It had to be a task because you literally had seven leads. Yeah. Now, not that all seven characters were in every episode, but one reason that Bruce Tim hesitated to do a Justice League episode for years because he knew it would be hard. Right. To figure out how to, to follow up to seven heroes at once. This show, visually exciting. The storytelling is crystal clear. A lot of that comes from Butch Lukic and Dan Reba. Uh-huh. And I, I just wanted, I, I realized at some point, I'm like, you know what? We never gave those guys their due. So... This still doesn't quite make up for not talking about him enough, but, uh, you know, as well as Bruce Tim, Rich, Stan Berkowitz, all those other guys who worked on the show, all the producers, uh, James Tucker, uh, these guys were right in there and just as important, and uh, they deserve to get a shout-out, so thank you. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have your listener feedback and your Apple podcast slash iTunes reviews. Stay tuned. Dr. Fate. Dr. Midnight. Starman. Johnny Quick. Wildcat. Power Girl. The All-Star Squadron. The Firebrand. Amazing Man. Huntress. Cyclone. Sandman. Mr. Terrific. Star Commander Girl. Steel. Power Seven Man. Soldiers of Liberty. Liberty Infinity Incorporated. Those are just some of the celebrated and beloved heroes associated with Earth 2 and the Justice Society of America. These daring mystery men and women banded together in 1940 to form the first super team in comics. They inspired a decades-long legacy of heroes who would follow in their footsteps. And now they've inspired us to launch a new podcast. Justice Society presents a new anthology on the Fire and Water Podcast Network featuring a variety of theme shows with different hosts celebrating some of their favorite comics and characters associated with the golden age of comics, Earth 2, the JSA, and beyond. We'll launch this new series with an ongoing show called Justice Society Presents Crisis, in which Rob and Shag go through each of the classic team-ups between the Justice League and the Justice Society. Then joining the podcast feed will be the Starman Chronicles. Chris and Cindy continue their coverage of James Robinson's epic series from beginning to end. Later in the year, Ryan Daly and Max Romero will tackle the Vertigo title Sandman Mystery Theater. And two years later, Ryan will cancel it. That's probably... Then in the coming months and years, we'll be adding further ongoing shows and one-off specials celebrating other beloved characters and comics related to the JSA of any era, from the 1940s to today. Join the fight for justice and subscribe to Justice Society Presents on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about your feedback on Starcrossed. And our first comment is from Natavni. Great podcast. Ah, Starcrossed. Is this the second major alien invasion that the DCAU has suffered, or like the third? The White Martian invasion and Secret Origin counts, but I'm not sure how global the STAS legacy invasion was. Either way, Justice League members were directly, personally involved in causing at least half of them and failed to prevent the other one, which will be part of a thorny issue going forward. We will eventually find out how the vote went in JLU. Yes, and I and I knew we learned what the vote is, but I I just I knew Rich wasn't involved in JLU, so that's you know we know we'll get to that. But several of our listeners brought that up, and that's good. But um, yeah, I, I knew we I, I remembered that we found out how that vote went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I forgot to bring. We didn't really do another like a wrap up wrap up after we talked to Rich that you know in a lot of ways that we normally would have. So that's why I didn't bring it up. Uh, we heard from Liz Ann Oswald, and uh, she wrote, uh, I remember later the vote results were given out in JLU, uh, and they voted to keep her on. Bats voted no, shocking. No with Wonder Woman. John, yes. Wally, yes. Green Lantern, abstain. Superman, yes. Because he believed in second chances. So she could stay, 
though she just kind of became a background character. Wake the Dead shows Jon Stewart abstaining and Soup's breaking the tie in favor to keep her. So they kind of picked where it was going. Sounds like the OG plan went the other way till they had Hot Girl say she was going. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Rich said he felt like the vote would uh, be a tie with GL voting no. So who would they call to break the tie? Aquaman? And Natavni came back and wrote... Aquaman. Yes. Hello, Justice League. What is it that you want? I'm very busy. I see. I see. So what you're saying is that you surface worlders agreed to make Earth a staging ground for some space war and didn't even ask the King of Atlantis about it, blew it up in your faces, and you want me to decide whether one of your members should be kicked out for having a part in it? Yes. Well, I'll think about it and get back to you in a timely manner after giving the matter the same consideration that you gave to the ruler of three-fourths of the planet. Click. Aquaman muttering to himself, outrageous. <laughs> oh, that was great. Speaking of Aquaman, our pal Rob Kelly wrote in, a great interview with Rich, CNC Podcasting Factory. We're full <laughs> of jams in mastery. We have to be. Okay. Uh, man, oh man, did I smile when Rich mentioned perusing old who's who to look for characters to use. Someday I long to be able to do that myself and classify it as working. <laughs> As much as I enjoyed the JL series in this form, I gotta admit the geek in me really went nuts when the wider DCU got involved. So as much as I've been enjoying JLU cast, the next iteration of the show should be even more fun. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna definitely be a lot more, there's definitely gonna be, you know, a more of a mix of, you know, all that, that mix of characters makes it more exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, who are we gonna get this week? Like, oh, this week we get to talk about The Shining Knight, and then next week you get to talk about Hawk and Dove, you know. Or, right, right. You know, so it's, it, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Chris Ferroni writes in, As always, Franklin's another episode of JLU cast delivered flawlessly. If there was an award show for podcasts, you'd sweep all categories. It was great to hear Rich Fogel's insights into the episodes. I always enjoy those treats you can arrange for us. I have watched Starcrossed a number of times because of how good it is, so getting some additional background about how decisions were made or how something was planned out just adds to the luster. I never l- realized that Harotolic was an anagram for Cater Hall. It was right there in front of me all these years. Mind blown. It was interesting to hear Rich's take on Crager's relationship with Hot Girl. I always felt he mistrusted her from the start. The way he spoke to and about her, testing her with killing the League while incarcerated, and even planting a tracker and recorder on her. These are not the actions of a friendly comrade. Perhaps reading her reports on the Justice League members, he deduced she was falling in love with Green Lantern. As Hero indicated, it seemed like she gushed about him more than the others. There was always one part of the plot I never quite understood. How did Hot Girl know where the Batcave was, and why wasn't anyone surprised to see her show up there? Had she been there before, or had she figured out Batman's true identity? They also don't seem concerned when they when she sees them out of costume. To me, it felt a bit of a letdown after the big reveal only a few scenes earlier. What were your thoughts? Well, actually, I wrote, I said, maybe Hot Girl dared to spy on Batman as part of her mission where the others wouldn't pry. And Rich Fogel himself uh, commented. The man. The man, Rich Fogel himself. He said, yes, it was part of Hot Girl's mission to figure out where to find Batman. This was intel that she obviously did not share with the rest of the League. At this point, they already knew she had been spying on them, so it wasn't a huge surprise to them that she would know the secret location of the Batcave. It was a surprise that she would have the nerve to show up. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of nerve coming here. Yeah, exactly. Steve Gibbons writes in, Love this story arc. I always get goosebumps when the team finally reveals their identities to one another. Such a great moment of team bonding for the characters. Almost as great a moment as the moment in Divided We Fall when the team has to join hands to pull Wally back from the Speed Force. What the, What's that episode? I've never heard of that episode before. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're not there yet, but no, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You guys hit on the other great moments. Wonder Woman breaking free from her prison cell and kicking all the butt, as Cindy puts it. Batman attempting to sacrifice himself to stop the Thanagarians. Alfred's quips and the farewell scene between John and Shira. All of it makes an already top-notch story extra special and memorable. In the Human Flycast episode I recently recorded with Max Romero, I talk about how stories for children at some point in the child's development need to offer a certain measure of complexity to usher them into stories that are more sophisticated and, for lack of a better term, adult. Starcrossed, indeed the Justice League cartoon as a whole, is one of those stories. 
A young person can watch these episodes and be completely entertained, but also receive an introduction into a deeper level of storytelling. To me, that is the true legacy of the series. Now, on to JLU. Yeah, very well said, Steve. And and yeah, like I, I said, I think that's, I mean, I would say that's the legacy of the DCAU. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's you know, it's it has that, the whiz-bang that kids want in a cartoon. But, uh, you know, going back to the animated series, I mean, Batman, I always call the animated series is Batman, the animated series. Uh, going back to BTAS, I mean, episodes like uh, uh, It's Never Too Late, Appointment in Crime Alley. I mean, these are like gangster stories. Right. You know, I mean, they don't even have supervillains in them. And, uh, but, you know, they're entertaining for kids because Batman's there. And they're all these, you know, these deep, rich stories that you would see in a live-action drama. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, they're, there's nothing in there that you can't show a kid. Oh, maybe like a little, little kid maybe might be, eh. But yeah, they're all you know they're all TVY seven or whatever. Yeah. You know? So uh, maybe TVY fourteen in some cases. But you could show them the younger kids. So yeah, I think I think that's the legacy yeah, exactly. of the DCAU. It never stepped over into oh no, we can't show you that. That so yeah. But it had themes that if they watched them on the second time around. I mean that's what happened with our kids, mm-hmm. especially Andrew. You know because he was more into them. They he watched them. When he was real little, and then as he got older, he picked up subtext and text nuances, and subtext and yeah. nuances that he didn't before. Yeah. So uh, we were talking last time about um, you know we would we asked for uh, if somebody some folks would be nice enough to give us some new um, Apple Podcast slash iTunes reviews. Uh, and you guys delivered. And you Thank guys you delivered. so much. Yeah, because we got unfortunately got a a bad uh, one star rating with no review. That really, you know, made our score go down quite a bit. Uh, so you guys uh, really came through. So thank you very much. But I don't think we've ever read any of these. So we're going to read all the reviews we've got uh, that are on uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. I still want to call it iTunes, but it's technically not iTunes anymore. Uh, so we'll read through those. Okay. Arnie328 wrote in, lots of fun. It's great to revisit these episodes and lots of fun with Chris and Cindy. Thank you and keep up the good work. Yeah, that's from twenty uh, September of 2018, so hope you're still listening. Jason666 with an exclamation point <laughs> wrote, awesome, love it so much. Okay, Master Villain writes in, pure Justice League fun. These cartoons contain some of the greatest Justice League stories ever told in any format. The writing was top-notch, the animation was stylized yet sophisticated, and the voice acting was superb. Beyond all that, the stories were just fun. Sometimes funny, sometimes touching. Always entertaining. Cindy and Chris have a great dynamic and a shared love of all things DC that really comes through when they talk about these episodes. Thanks for a very enjoyable trip down memory lane, and please make more. Oh yeah, well, we made we made more, because this was back from another 2018 one there. Our pal Chuck Coletta wrote, uh, left us a review. A great podcast for a great animated series. Chris and Cindy Franklin are chronologically working their way Working through the landmark JLU animated series. Each episode is both an in-depth review of particular episodes and also a discussion of various aspects of the DC Comics universe. These folks know their pop culture and express their joy with the material and each other throughout. It's a pleasure to listen to them, and this podcast is most recommended. Well, Chuck is a professor of pop culture Uh at Bowling Green State University in Ohio, so he ought to know. So thank you, Chuck. There you go. There you go. Um, Coffee and comics said, hey, we've entered reviews from 2019. Woohoo! Yeah, that's that's our buddy Clinton Robeson there. Yeah, there you go. Best JLU coverage. Any serious or or even casual fan of the Justice League cartoons featured on Cartoon Network need this podcast. Covering one story at a time, Chris and Cindy will tell you what does and doesn't work with each episode. Their coverage is informative and fun, sometimes downright hilarious. They connect the cartoons back to the comics and dig up research facts even hardcore fans might miss. And I'm saying, I'm just putting a little dot in that one. Chris is the one who does the research on this. I'll be honest, that's him. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to take credit where, if, you know, that's he's a research guy. The monthly coverage might feel far in between episodes, but trust me, the wait is worth it. I only regret that five stars is the limit I can rate this because it is easily worth twice that. Oh, thank Aww. you. Thank you, Clinton. That's that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, of course, check out the Coffee and Comics blog, podcast, because Clinton's a great guy. Thorough and entertaining uh, comes from C-Note 46. I've listened to this podcast since its inception and have enjoyed every minute. Chris and Cindy have good insights 
are thorough in their breakdowns, but keep it casual and entertaining enough to really feel like you're part of the conversation. Cindy always finds a way to make <laughs> me laugh, uh, but you can tell how much they love the content and how much they enjoy discussing the show. I only wish the show ran longer so that we'd have more episodes for them to cover. Keep up, keep up the great work, Cindy and Chris. Well, you know, we've got, I mean, there's quite a few. There's like what? Uh, thir- there's like, uh, let's see, let's see, there's 32, let's see, 30, what's 13 times 3? There's uh, 39. There's 39 episodes of JLU. So, yeah, I had to do I think you need to come to my program. Yeah, I had, a, I had a brain fart there. I was, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was rambling there, but. <laughs> yeah, there's like thir- I think there's like 39 episodes of Just League Unlimited, plus, you know, anim- other animated episodes that we're going to cover too. So we still got quite a bit to go. Okay. Um, this one comes from Elroy0415. JLU goodness. Thanks for this podcast. The JLU is one of the greatest representations of the DC universe. Engaging commentary along with great memories. What's not to love? Oh, thank you very much. Pet Detective. Is that like Pet Detective, I guess? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is actually from 2020. So, Woo! Uh, we're yes, getting up there. We're getting up there. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, not Your Father's Super Friend. The all-time greatest representation of the Justice League reviewed by an avuncular Southern gentleman <laughs> who really cracks himself up as I giggle about it and his no-nonsense wife. Extremely entertaining on multiple levels. A must-listen for anyone who enjoys the DCAU or anyone who knows what DCAU stands for. <laughs> there you go. And apparently that no-nonsense, I got, I just got reviewed at work, and that was actually in my review. So. <laughs> okay. I feel like as a vuncular Southern gentleman, I, I, I feel like I should be dressed like Colonel Sanders. Ooh. <laughs> hey, Halloween costume idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, sorry. I got distracted. He's a DC character because they've done all those DC promo comics lately. Oh, true, true. Yeah, so there you go. And um, Colonel Tony Moore, who does The Walking Dead, who's from Cynthiana, he's done some Colonel Sanders stuff. Oh, has he? Yeah, and okay. it's really cool. Okay. This comes from Gold Dragon. Justice for the League. I've been listening for a while, so I figure it's about time I actually left a review here. Chris and Cindy are awesome, as always, at describing the episodes as Justice League, as well as their own opinions. They remind me of myself and my former girlfriend as we would watch various anime and critique them as we drove around on our many road trips. JLU was a saving grace as Batman Beyond fell flat for me. I really wanted this series two years before it came out because I actually was already sick of Batman this, Batman that. I'm looking forward to future episodes, and I always enjoy re-listening to what has already been recorded so far. Well, thank you, Gold Dragon. And of course, Gold Dragon has written in the comments before. So, uh, Hellblazer13 wrote in, Great show. The Franklins are an absolute delight, covering one of my favorite shows of all time. I've been listening since episode one and can't wait for them to move on to the excellent Unlimited episodes. We're almost there, Hellblazer13. We're almost there. <laughs> all right. MSG270108 writes in. Contains MSG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead. We got you a dad joke champion shirt for part of your Father's Day. And oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> MSG270108. Great for fans of the Justice League cartoon. Chris and Cindy Franklin banner their way through one episode of the Justice League after another offering humorous yet interesting insight into this beloved series. It's great for long-term fans as well as for those getting introduced to the series for the first time. Well, thank you very much. Uh, ATL Word Finder says, Must listen for fans of Justice League. It makes me smile when I see a new episode of this show pop up in my feed. If you were a fan of the Justice League slash Justice League Unlimited animated program, you'll love this married couple's deep dive into the episodes. Thank you very much. Alrighty, and JLU Castillo writes in, Great way to revisit a beloved show. Chris and Cindy do a great job of going through each episode of this classic superhero show and have a lot of fun while doing it. They have a deep love of this show. However, they are not too fanboyish and are capable of expressing negatives as well as. Well, yeah, that's my part. Um, (laughs) War world. (laughs) I like this show. I like this since a show with nothing but praise can be tiresome, but a show that is overly negative can also ruin it for you. They have a great balance that adds to my enjoyment of JLU. I highly recommend to any fan of JLU, this is an exceptional podcast with lovable hosts. Well, thank you very much. And, and you know, thanks again to everyone who left a review, especially to JLU Castillo, 
and ATL Word Finder and MSG 2701008 and uh, Hellblazer 13 who left reviews after we asked for them yes, last yes. time. So that these these came in this month. They're fresh. Uh, <laughs> uh, the fresh. The fresh. They got the freshness rating. Uh, they're fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so um, thank you guys very much. That was that actually boosted our score up. <laughs> so um, not that I mean that stuff stuff doesn't keep me up at night, but it just it, it kind of aggravated me. You know, it's like some, probably somebody like I wonder if it was even somebody that listened to the show, and it could have been somebody that accidentally goofed and and meant to leave more of one and just left a one, or because I've seen that happen too. I've seen people leave a good review and then the rating they leave is like a one star, and I was like, oh, you must have goofed, you right? Know? So that's not good. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that will do it for our coverage of season two and of Justice League proper. We're going to be on a hiatus for a bit as we jump back over to Supermates for our annual House of Franklinstein series of podcasts, which, as always, will start in September. So we just finalized our House of Frankenstein lineup after much consideration and much discussion. Yes. <laughs> oh. And I wasn't even trying to get the second Dr. Fives movie in, but it still took us a long time. No. <laughs> Just no. No. But, no. But we have a trailer ready to share with you, so let's roll it now. Roll that beautiful bean footage. New from Supermates Recordings. Chilling sounds from the house of Franklin Stein. The blood-curdling sounds of horror in one four-episode set. Featuring your favorite stars from classic spooky films. Lon Chaney Jr. and Bella Lugosi. Father was Frankenstein. That your mother was the lightning. Peter Cushing and Stephanie Beecham. The nightmare's over. Don't think it is. And Christopher Lee. I have returned to destroy you. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. I'm gonna haunt him. That's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Heather Langenkamp and Johnny Depp. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. And Robert England. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Here's more. The hit House of Frankenstein theme by Terry O'Malley. What are now and you'll receive bonus comic stories featuring your favorite superheroes versus fiendish monsters. Offer ends October 31st and it's not available in any store. Here's how to order. To order the chilling sounds from the House of Frankenstein, save all credit card and COD charges by visiting firewaterpodcast.com or search for Firewater Podcast Network or Supermates. Podcatchers are standing by. So I, I'm really excited for this lineup. I think we have a good mix of different types of films this time, and we should have some fun with this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think we've got a good. Um, you know, we've we've definitely got. I, I don't know. It's kind of like. Well, is Nightmare on Elm Street too modern? It's like, well, wait a minute. We've done, like, the first year we did a Monster Squad, and it came out after that. Right, And right. we've done Sleepy Hollow. And, and the Silver Bullet. And we did Silver Bullet, around, the, which was around the same time. What it basically comes down to is we're old, honey. I know. Like, our modern movies are, like, 40 years old. Yeah, uh, 35, 40 years old. Not 40. Let's not go that far. 30. 30, 30. 35. 30, 35 years 30. old. 30. Okay. <laughs> 30. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, hon. So... You know, but I didn't see it until I till later because I was more sheltered than you were. Oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> After that, we plan to return to JLU cast early in 2022. Uh, I mean, it's possible we might come back a little earlier, but it's probably not. We're probably gonna, you know, by the time we get done with that, we'll just basically have two months. Uh, knowing us, we'll probably do some Christmas special of some kind, uh, somewhere. Uh, so we probably won't get back into early 2022. Our plan right now is to cover some other DCAU episodes that tie into JLU cast before we get into the Justice League Unlimited proper. I'm specifically thinking, I might as well just go ahead and say, like uh, the Flash episode of Superman, mm-hmm. the Satana episode of Batman, which is the first time any DC character guest starred that yeah, was outside yeah. the character's own strip, mm-hmm. guest starred on uh, a animated series show. The Static Shock episodes, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about all of them, but specifically the Justice League, where the whole league's there. Mm-hmm. Those two part, that two part, two parter, and uh, because that's going to tie into JLU. Yeah, and also another thing that's going to tie into JLU is the Batman Beyond episodes with the Justice League, mm-hmm. the Call Part One and Two, uh, which actually introduces the name Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. That's where they're first called Justice League Unlimited. So. That's the plan right now. It might change, mm-hmm. but the plan is to cover 
to have those three episodes before we jump into JLU proper. And, you know, I'm very excited to get in JLU proper, but I kind of want to kind of do the setup. Like, let's uh, let's do those guest spot episodes and then these other two setup episodes because Static does appear in Justice League mm-hmm. Unlimited. And his relationship to the Justice League is, in, is important in those episodes. So special thanks to our Patreon supporters, as always, for information on how you can support the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, and new Patreon pledge Rocket Dan Johnson for specifically supporting JLUcast. You guys rock. Yeah, and and I bet, I bet JLU Castillo is our Patreon buddy, Jorge Luis Castillo. So thank you, Jorge. Yeah, that's so. Uh, Thanks to all the guests who help us cover the Justice League series and other DCAU shows we covered on JLUcast so far. Big shout out to Rob Kelly, Russell Burbage, Michael Bailey, the Irredeemable Shag, Derek M. Cook of Monster Kid Radio, and of course, Justice League writer-producer Rich Fogel. Yes, uh, most definitely. Yes. A very special shout out to our departed friend Zoom Yukonori for helping us talk about Legends. That is honestly one of my most cherished podcasting experiences because I think we had a very fun, honest discussion with uh, the real Zoom, not Professor Zoom, but actually Zoom Yukonori. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I really, and other people have said that too. And uh, I, I, I really, I, I'm really glad. I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we did that too. Yeah. And uh, just so you guys know, we still have more material coming from Zoom. Yes. Uh, on the network. So <laughs> the man was a machine. That's all I can say. Thanks to everyone who listened to JLU Cast, whether you've listened to all of them or this is your first episode. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We love these shows, and it's great to share that love with some fine, like-minded folks like you. Everyone take care, and we'll see you on the brand new Watchtower early next year. Yes, most definitely. Bye. Bye. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue mommy and daddy. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. That about wraps you up. I know. It's all I could think of on the spur of the moment.